Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well-oiled power play. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. On the home stretch here of the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Wrapping up what was an exciting Exciting game four, victory for Edmonton. They're on the road right now. In fact, headed to Sin City. Eight o'clock puck drop tomorrow night on 6.30. Chad, our coverage follows the six o'clock news. Now, that's a story in Western Canada. In Central Canada, in the center of the hockey world, bit of a different story here in the second round. Like, sort of, anyway. I mean, Edmonton (laughs) certainly hasn't brought its best game a couple of times now. And Toronto was able to find a game good enough to at least pick up a win here in that series and see if they can't start to right the ship. A good step in the right direction with a win over Florida to salvage things yesterday. And for more information, for a finger on the pulse of the Toronto sports base, it is Adam Lascaris joining us for the first time from uh, the Daily High vote in Toronto. Adam, appreciate you jumping on. How's it going, man? And that's the right button. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> now we got you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Now, our pleasure, man. And thank you for jumping on here. So uh, I don't know if you've had uh, an opportunity to spend any time down at like the, the fan park there, but sort of give me your take on, on what, well, Let's back it out to the whole playoff run. We won't hone in on the second round yet. Just the whole playoff run and, and sort of what I imagine has been quite a roller coaster ride out there in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really interesting, right, when, uh, you know, it was about January and you said, oh, the Leafs look like they're playing the Lightning again unless anything gets weird. And then, you know, for the second half of the season, that that matchup was kind of set up. And and, and then, obviously, the Leafs were able to go through that, that uh, playoff round and get three road overtime victories, which is, I believe, it had never been done before in, in NHL history. So it was, uh, you know, they kind of just skated through that one. They, they didn't always look the best, but they were able to win the games that they'd always lost in, in previous years. And, you know, they had a people were scared of that series going back to game seven in Toronto. And then they, you know, were able to end it. And it was, you know, this moment where, where the city kind of had a collective sigh of relief. It had been 20 years since they've done something that a team like this should, should do something, you know, they should do pretty much every year, every other year kind of thing. And, and the vibes were really high. And then, uh, you know, just uh, the weekend ended and then they got the Florida Panthers who were hot off their own, uh, you know, big, big victory over the Boston Bruins. And and then they kind of got, uh, I wouldn't say steamrolled, but, you know, they definitely got kicked down and, and going down 3 nothing in, in any playoff series to a team where you're at least favored on paper to beat is, is never an easy one to stomach, but uh, they, I don't know, if they kept it alive last night, they, they didn't look the prettiest, but uh, they, they didn't end their season. So we got Leafs hockey for at least, you know, one more day in Toronto. Joseph Wall comes in uh, into the series with uh, Ilya Samsonov getting hurt. Had to come up with a big game last night. Well, he did. Uh, 24 saves out of 25 shots. What did you see from him last night? Um, I think he just looked 
steady enough, right? Obviously, that's a big moment. It's the type of player where, you know, he's a guy that's been in the organization for a number of years now. He's 24 years old. He's young in some capacity, but he's not, you know, just fresh out of the draft year. He was taken in, in 2016, and he's only played 14 NHL games, right? So it, it's a thing where nobody would have blamed him if the Leafs had been swept, uh, even if he, you know, had the, had the worst game of his life. Uh, I, I don't think there's too, too high hopes for him to really be a full-time NHL guy, um, at least at least not in the Leafs organization. We'll see, you know, for next year kind of how things unfold. But, yeah, he was able to, you know, just step in there and weather the moment. He said all the right things going in, and, and he knows it's, it's obviously a big moment. And, and yeah, sure, there's there's a lot of pressure on him, but I guess there's a bit less pressure when, when you're down 3 nothing in a series rather than, you know, when you're in, in a uh, a game seven or something like that. So, he, he you know, it looked pretty solid. He gave up the one goal in the third period, but was able to weather the storm and, you know, pick up a pretty big victory. Adam Lascaris writes for the Daily Hive in Toronto. Specifically, it's offside the sports department of uh, Daily Hive. Adam, big trade di- deadline day. I, really, I mean, that was kind of transformative for for different parts of the roster. How valuable have Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari been? And, and I mean, uh, the likes of Jake McCabe can't be forgotten either. But the the pieces that Dubas put in place for this playoff run this year, how well have they sort of integrated themselves, and how important have they been? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was um, one of O'Reilly's first games in, in Toronto. He, he scored that hat trick against Buffalo, and I remember, uh, you know, kind of the Twitter reaction and all that last night was like, "Oh man, the Leafs might have found their missing piece." Like, this is a guy who's, who's you know been through the ringer before. He's won the Conn Smythe. He's won the Southies. Obviously, won the Stanley Cup, and. Uh, and and then he got hurt and was out for a little bit and I was like oh he's going to be ready come playoff time and so yeah O'Reilly um, you know himself he's got nine points in ten playoff games which uh, you know the guy who's thirty three years old it pretty much all you can ask for right it's it's uh, he, he's probably not uh, you know your star center but the you know being the third best center in the Leafs being Ryan O'Reilly is, is pretty incredible and then Achari's you know he's he was no small pickup either obviously he doesn't have as big a name value but he, he seems to be you know that's the kind of thing that Kyle Dubas seems to have always done over the years is he says okay I want this guy but but you know do you have any use for that guy you know it, it, St. Louis you're probably not going to the playoffs can you can you throw in somebody else as well and uh, yeah it's it just shows that you know in the first round of the playoffs it obviously looked a lot better the you know with the Leafs down 3-1 people would say you know did they did they trade too much did they do this did they do that but I think O'Reilly uh, for his performance when he's been in the lineup has been uh, definitely a big addition and Luke Shen would maybe be a more of an understated uh, addition to the team this year but it does look like from the outside looking in in the playoffs he's been a guy that's been quite valuable yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where where you look at players that get a little bit up in age and and obviously you know playing as an NHL defenseman, uh, so much of the game is mental and and Luke Shen's a guy who's you know been through the ringer, been through those playoff series, and, and knows how to stay focused, right? And and you might think of him, you know, as a you know when he's playing through a season in Vancouver, and you know that we all know how that season went in Vancouver, and you know maybe you're not just as inspired, but. Uh, I, I don't know if it's it's all mental, but he seems like he's just kind of had his, his head on straight, and you know the fans have embraced him. Uh, I remember when there was there was rumors for a couple of weeks of the Leafs getting him, and people were saying, "Oh, do we really need this guy? You know, do we is this guy be- any better than any other defenseman we pick up?" But um, obviously they had, they kind of had a plan in, in mind with him, and 
you know, the Leafs' defensive core has been kind of up and down throughout the playoffs. They've, they've uh, you know, they've obviously had big names like Mark Giordano, who, who is admitted to his own struggles, and Justin Hall hasn't exactly had the, the greatest stretch either. But I think uh, you're seeing with Shen, just, you know, he's been mostly playing on, on the team's top pair with Morgan Riley, and he's been, uh, yeah, about as good as you'd expect of a, of a player of his age. Adam Lascaris writes for uh, the Daily Hive Toronto. Adam, quiet performances you would think from Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner based on how it sounded like the sky was falling and I guess that's what happens when you're down 3 nothing in a series. But realistically point production wise, Matthews is right there over a point a game and Mitch Marner with 14 points in 10 playoff games. So uh, tell me what is drawing the consternation from Leafs fans with respect to, uh, to what's maybe not happening on the ice with the core four yeah i think it's it's a weird thing where if, if you have all four of your guys just unable to, to buy a goal at that right time it it's weird because it's it's not like the narrative is you know not there right if, if you're if you have your four best forwards who make uh you know somewhere around 40 million dollars or uh are unable to score you know it's obviously frustrating if the Leafs had been winning those games and they weren't scoring people would say oh they're just going to turn it around but you know when they're, when they're losing those games and you know you've got contract situations coming up in the next couple of years uh, it, it's a strange thing because if you look at their their analytics I believe games one and two that the, um, the forwards were performing really well in games game three I believe Marner and Matthews had a horrendous game just every way you slice it analytics wise and you know they obviously weren't able to score in that one and then Marner was able to find them back in the net last night so I think that takes a bit of pressure off his back but obviously they know that if they lose you know a, a game five and don't score again it's not going to say oh you guys scored you know one goal in game four way to go so uh, I think I think it'll be a long off season ahead if, if the production isn't there tomorrow which is it's a weird thing to kind of put the season on uh, one game like that but um, yeah, they, they've had they've had moments where they've looked great, and they've had moments where they haven't looked all that great. Um, but you know, in in the NHL, you're judged by your your production. And even though they've had great production throughout the whole playoffs, uh, and they had great production in the Tampa series, you know, you're going to want to see them really rise to the moment tomorrow night. What do you expect tomorrow night as far as the game goes? Uh, I don't know if I've ever made an accurate prediction about the Leafs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's funny because you, there's, there's so many ways you, you can go with, with this thing. I think you guys have been watching the Oilers, and one night they look like they're about to win the Stanley Cup. They can't lose a game. Drysaddle can score four goals a night if he wants to. And then the next game they come out, and, you know, you say, oh, man, like, is this a, is this a preseason contest, right? So I, I think I, I think if they're, if they're able to, you know, just come out, unafraid like they were last night um they'll be able to they, they should be able to pick up a victory but but at the same time you can you can see it getting a little bit ugly right i, th- I believe elliot friedman was talking yesterday and he was saying how uh you know there's nothing worse than having your season end on on home ice and you know at game five where where you should really have a better series than you know losing losing four games to one so i think they know that pressure is there it's a really ugly scene if they lose at home and kind of go out ugly so you would hope that they'd be at least, you know, fighting to the final whistle and then and then maybe able to force a game six. Yeah, without a doubt. Any keys to success tomorrow that jump to your mind? Is it rising to the physical challenge that Florida can bring? And actually, maybe even give us a take. I, I know that uh, the Gudis hit has come into question. Matty Nye's out for uh, an extended period of time now, I guess, with a concussion. So it, it's not as if there hasn't been sort of an underlying storyline about whether or not Toronto can sort of hang around in, in the box 
boxing ring with this heavyweight, apparently a heavyweight Florida team. Yeah, I think uh, Mitch Marner had some quotes uh, last night where he was getting kind of bopped in the face by Matthew Kachuk, who he used to play uh, in, in junior with. And he kind of said, like, we know what they're trying to do here. Uh, I think the most important thing for them is, like, you, you can get angry and you can have these little scrums, but at the end of the day, you're, you're still down, you know, 3-1. And if you, you fight a guy back or if you land a big hit or, you know, you, you draw somebody out to position, whatever you do, like, the most important thing still at the end of the day is you, you got to score more goals than the other team and I, I think they know that maybe a player here or there might get hit by a big hit they might get roughed up there might be something that should be suspended or isn't called or whatever but um you know i think i think you look back at the end of the the season and you're going to be judged by the result not by oh did we did we win the little battle here and there for you know uh bragging rights and toughness and all that so i i think they're, they're going to try and just avoid it as much as possible I'd, I'd hope they're you know you can you can be a little bit physical but but you don't really want that to be the narrative you want it to be you know we're, we're this team that was able to to kind of put that away and then and then go through and enforce that game six final question for you just give me your opinion uh, and maybe a projected suspension for alex petrangelo and, and not just because it was the oilers game last night but because that's not something we see very often anymore in hockey and when i say very often i don't know that i've seen something like that in probably two decades yeah, uh, I, I think maybe it, it it could be could be two games, two two three games. It's always a tough one, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it's it's really strange too with you know Nurse just picking up that suspension and, and people are saying you got to balance this out because of that one. And I don't really always feel like the NHL Department of Player Safety should do that, but I don't think anybody has ever you know really understood the decisions they make. So we'll put it at a two over under two and a half games and you know when the decision drops later today you can tell me if i'm right or not (laughs) sounds great adam this was a lot of fun man how do people find your work uh you can find me on dailyhive.com so we've got uh markets all throughout canada and then you can just uh look me up on look me up on twitter as well okay we will uh, throw your handle out there for the masses appreciate you jumping on this afternoon yeah, thanks for having me. Have me anytime. For sure. Adam Lascaris again from Daily Hive in Toronto. Got to uh, spend a little time with him out in Toronto there. It was nice to bring him aboard on the show and just get a different perspective, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's fun to hear from different hockey markets at this time of year because obviously uh, the storylines are so different and yet the emotional investment is pretty well the same. I, I did appreciate... Uh, Matthew Kachuk getting into the face of Mitch Marner, former junior teammates, and just knowing that having watched it from Edmonton, Calgary perspective and and seeing Matthew Kachuk go to Florida, uh, his ability to get under the skin of the opposition is right up there, like upper echelon ability to do that in the National Hockey League. Plus, he's a really good player, too. As much as you hate to admit it, he is he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. But uh, trying to get into the into the kitchen of the Toronto Maple Leafs is uh, in a game like that where you're trying to you know get your team fired up and and close out a series that you have mm-hmm. that lead. And I'm sure he will be walking that line tomorrow night throughout the game and still be a guy that can be an uh, an offensive contributor as well. As well as being offensive, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, it, 
you don't impact the game the way that he does and then also score 109 points. It's usually one or the other. He's found a way to do both. Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang say go Oilers, go. Special flash sale, $10,000 off any remaining 2022 F-150s. Boys also say they're still paying top dollar for trade-ins. They've had a run on some used vehicles. Need a few more. So if you've got a vehicle that's in good condition, they'd be happy to buy it outright from you as well. Give them a call. 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. They do good work at Brent Ridge Ford. Good work for great people. As we know, they keep Cam nice and safe and sound. Driving back and forth to the airport, I would suggest a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's been a bit of that there in the regular season anyway. Okay, a couple more text messages. 780-496-0063. We're back to wrap it all up after this. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well-oiled power play. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. All right, a couple more minutes left right now. Let's protect the net for our friends at Solve Cybersecurity. Stay ahead of cyber threats with a team that you can trust. Visit S01VE.io. That's S01VE.io. Protect the net. We take a peek inside the cage. Stuart Skinner rebounding again, and, and he's a perfect 4-0 and over the course of these playoffs, we should say, after a defeat, right? So, you know, a pretty impressive rebound effort by the whole team, but you need your goaltender to provide a sturdy backbone, and I felt like last night Skinner did that for this Oilers team again. Hasn't been the case throughout the entirety of the playoffs. No, he definitely gave him that opportunity yesterday. Was he 25 saves on 26 shots? Yeah. In the first period, a few opportunities for Vegas, not a lot. Edmonton takes advantage and jumps out to a 3 nothing lead. And uh, good for Stuart Skinner to have that. that he, he just needed to be solid, and he was. And that helped the Oilers get going in the right direction. They'll need more of that. Quite a mm-hmm. bit more of it. Uh, and the Oilers found a way to get to Aiden Hill. Because he had been perfect in two relief appearances. I thought he, he lost the puck behind the net mm-hmm. for a second that led to the goal by Bukestad. The Ekholm shot, he might have been a little bit deep in his net. And Ekholm was able to go upstairs. Because at that point, Matthias Ekholm has no other options. Right. He's either firing it on net or he isn't. He had no backdoor play, so the goaltender could be a little more aggressive. He wasn't in that case. Oilers took advantage. But, yeah, great work by uh, Stuart Skinner in uh, in the game last night, and uh, he gets set for for game five tomorrow. Yeah, it should be, uh, should be an interesting one. We'll see if Aiden Hill can uh, stem the tides or if they can get to him early uh, once again. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travels, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. 1988, Mark Messier scores a goal and adds four assists. The Oilers winning 8-4 over the visiting Detroit Red Wings. They advance in game five of the Campbell Conference 
Conference Finals. Sets up Edmonton's fourth Stanley Cup final appearance in a five-year span. I can't even fathom that much continued success for any sports franchise. Maybe Golden State and Cleveland back in like 2016 or so. I guess you could think about that. But uh, hockey-wise, not in my lifetime, man. And probably not for another long time. Tomorrow, we will hear from Sportsnet's Louis DeBrusque. Bob, of course, back in the host chair to tee up Game 5. Louis DeBrusque's appearances brought to you typically on Thursdays, actually, by GCL Diesel. Providing service, genuine diesel parts, and turbochargers at great prices for 50 years now. Visit them at gcldiesel.com. Reed Wilkins tonight has Inside Sports. You'll hear from Kelly Rudy from NHL Hockey on Rogers. And up next, we've got Chelsea on Ched taking it over after the 3 o'clock news. Cam Moon, it's always fun sharing a room with you, man. I love it. I love it too. This is fun. Yeah. We'll be doing this again soon, I'm sure. I think the tentative plan is Monday. We'll see what happens in the next couple of Oilers games. But a reminder, our coverage tomorrow starts at 6 o'clock. Game time at 8 from T-Mobile Arena. It's Brendan Escott, Cam Moon saying so long from the 630 Ched Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.